0: Welcome to Life Talks with Stephen and Pam. Welcome to the start of the book of Proverbs. Yes, Life Talks with Stephen and Pam. Yay. One of my favorite books, the book of Proverbs, from chapter 1 through to chapter 31. And I feel like, Pam, it crescendos. It keeps building and building on a foundation. And when it gets to Proverbs 31, it's this massive explosion of life and wisdom. You know, I love the book of Proverbs. I grew up reading it. My story as a little boy, my dad walked out on me and my family when I was about eight years old. And my mom diligently turned me on to the book of Proverbs, especially going after wisdom because she knew I was without a dad and that I long for that fatherly wisdom. And yeah. so, you know, we live in a culture right now that for the most part is spiritually fatherless in a lot of ways. And so this book of Proverbs, I feel like is such an antidote to the lack of wisdom, to the ignorance, the depression, the death march that the enemy has like a pied piper seduced this culture into as they march off the cliff of life into all kinds of sorrows and troubles. So I'm really excited about this. and, And I just feel like you and I should just set the folks up for this is what you can expect as we go through the book of wisdom.
1: And you know, I love, and we'll be delving into this, but it says, get wisdom, above all get wisdom. Before the world was created, there was wisdom. So that's the foundation for everything. We can know the will of God, but the way of God is His wisdom to walk it out.
0: And this is why you and I turn so many people on to the book of Proverbs, Mm -hmm. because it's such a great starting place, but it's such a great developmental place for your business, for your marriage, for your family, for your family future, if you're single, for your future spouse, for your life, for every venture that you step into. It's all about wisdom. And here's the thing. As we go through the book of wisdom, number one, you can expect to increase in wisdom. And here's what the Hebrew word that we're talking about in the book of Proverbs wisdom really points to skill at a virtuoso level. That's really what the Hebrew word is for wisdom, to become a virtuoso in wisdom and the skill set of life. When you get wisdom, you get long
1: life, riches, and honor. Yes. And riches are so wide and deep and multi-layered. Riches of good thinking, of a good mind, a healthy mind, healthy relationships, Joy so much comes within the riches of a good life.
0: That's good. And you know, Proverbs 3, we're going to read pretty soon here. And it says that nothing can be compared to wisdom. Because you know why? Wisdom has long life in one hand, riches, honor in the other hand. I mean, talk about showing up to a party prepared, right?
1: (laughs) Who wouldn't want that?
0: Yeah, it's very exciting. So nothing bad. From God's wisdom, nothing bad ever comes, only good, life, honor, success, promotion. In fact, wisdom ends up being an insulator from what's bad and from evil. So when we're going through the book of Proverbs, here's the number one thing you can expect. You're going to increase in wisdom. Number two, you're going to increase in faith. Because the Word says in Romans 10:17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith is the language of God's kingdom, Pam. And Luke 1, says that no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And there are so many promises through the book of Proverbs. Seriously, you're going to just indulge in the life and the trust factor in God Almighty.
1: And the Word says when we do trust in God and have faith, Faith that pleases God. It makes him smile.
0: Absolutely. So, in the book of Proverbs, we're going to get wisdom, we're going to get faith, and number three, we're going to receive instruction. You know, there's nothing worse than somebody telling you, hey, you can get this, but never having the instruction. The Word of God really breaks down the simple one, two, three instructions through the book of Proverbs of really how to be blessed. Yes. You know, that's what I love about it. Psalm 23, verse six says this that goodness is and mercy and unfailing love will follow us all the days of our life. Well, what precedes that? Basically says when we magnify and listen to The good shepherd. And through the book of Proverbs, it's like the wise shepherd giving us instruction, one thing after another, who to walk with, who to not walk with, where to go, where not to go, how to work, how not to work, whether to sleep in harvest or whether to get up and pull in the harvest, Right. right? So you know it gives us just basic instructions in life. Coming from where I did, where I didn't have a dad modeling how to be a real man. Pam, I needed just basic instructions on even how how to be with you, how to be with the right woman, how, how to get the right woman. The Bible says that a good wife, her price is far above rubies. You can't even get her on your own. You need wisdom. So I'm sure I love glad. how it gives you instructions.
1: <laughs> I'm sure glad that you are a man after wisdom because you're the best husband. Oh, Thank honey, you, Father God, for your wisdom. What a way
0: to start this podcast <laughs> off with all this, these compliments. Okay, so the fourth thing that you can explain, there's six things that I really felt top of my heart. You can believe you're going to receive as you go we go through the book of proverbs number one wisdom number two faith you're going to get instruction number three and number four i feel like this is such a big deal for so many of us is healing Yes. it's going to be health to our body healing for our body and not just our bodies because you know a lot of disease and a lot of infirmity is rooted in our mind our will and our soul when you've been emotionally traumatized it can actually produce sickness in your life. So Proverbs 3.8 says this, that the instruction of God's word and wisdom will promote healing and health in your body. Meditating on this word will not only stimulate health in your bones and your blood, but in your body, and your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like being healed in your emotions, too. A lot of people get robbed of their sleep just because they're so traumatized, deep-rooted in their emotions. So this is powerful. This book, you can expect... Healing is going to come. And friends, I just want to say, and I'm going to repeat it a few times through this podcast, but if you know somebody in the hospital or somebody someplace where they're in hospice or something and they really need healing, do them a favor, get some cheap little headphones, hook them up to this podcast. And even while they're sleeping or even in a coma, let them hear these words, the book of Proverbs, because it's the word of God. How many know that God's word never returns empty or void or without accomplishing the <laughs> what God intended it to do. And Pam and I are going to always welcome the Holy Spirit to help us and breathe this word into our hearts and minds. Number five, you can expect happiness
1: and joy. Yes. Pam, isn't that good? I really feel that there's a lot of women out there, mothers and wives, that you're just feeling overloaded. You're feeling like, oh my goodness, I really need answers. I need joy. I need some wisdom principles and how to walk this thing out in victory but you're feeling overwhelmed. And I feel a rhema word coming up in me that you really need to find those margins of time to put it on even while you're working around the house. But I feel you're going to get answers for you that is going to propel your life forward. I'm totally serious. God wants
0: to infuse your very soul and being with his happiness and joy. It's not God's will for you to be depressed, broken, sad. Don't let that condemn you if that's your condition. Be excited right now that this is the reward God has on the other side of listening to his word. Listen to this. It says happiness and joy are a very real byproduct of meditating on this specific word in Proverbs. Proverbs 3:13 says, "Happy is the person who finds this wisdom." My friend, as you're listening to this, you've discovered the source of happiness and joy. It's God's Word. It's God's wisdom. And we're going to even discover in Proverbs 17 that a happy heart and a joy-filled mind are both health and healing. Praise you, Father.
1: Isn't that awesome?
0: And so number six. Here's the the golden six, I call them, of the book of Proverbs. Number one, wisdom. Number two, faith. Number three, you're going to get good instruction, just basic instruction so you can follow. Number four, healing is going to come. I really believe that. I believe supernatural healing. And number five, you're going to get happiness and joy, kind of just that level, just keep lifting up on it. I think you can already feel it starting to stir in the inside of you, that desire for it. And then number six, this is important, honor. As we meditate on the book of Proverbs, this is the key to the promised land. It's honor, true honor. And Jesus said this to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these religious leaders, how can you guys receive honor when you're content with the fake stuff? Jesus said, I want the true honor that comes from God only. Yes. Many try to get their own honor, but the problem is true honor only comes from God the Father. Everything else is fake, weak, unfulfilling, and it will not get you into the promised land. Honor is is the key into God's promises. You know, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for many years, not able to get into the promised land. And God said, basically, it was because they distrusted God. In other words, they didn't honor God by giving God that thing that God didn't have from them. Trust, reliance on His word. You know, if I say something to you, Pam, and I give you a promise, you end up honoring me when you believe the promise that I give you. It's called honor. And acting on it. This book of Proverbs holds the secret to true honor, promotion, and how to reign as royalty in Christ Jesus under the authority of King Jesus. See, we're called... To be royalty under Christ Jesus. And royalty, it's a
1: requirement that you have the crown of honor on your brow. You can't reign without honor. And you can't, like you say, we have to be trained to reign. Yeah, absolutely. We have to be trained to reign. It's kind of like what I say, if my goal was to get outside the house, right? And I kept going and missing the door by one foot. And so I kept hitting my head on the wall. My goal was to go outside, But I got a great big, (laughs) great big bump on my head from years of hitting my head on the wall and never making it outside. Well, I can build a theology and say, well, it's got not God's will for me to go outside or. I can get wisdom. And this is what Proverbs is all about.
0: Yeah. So, again, when we talk about wisdom from the Hebrew breakdown of that word, it's really about getting skill and becoming a virtuoso at life. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. God's design for you as a son and daughter of God is to become a virtuoso at life. And it's going to require wisdom, it's going to require faith. You're going to have to embrace instruction. You're going to need to be healed. It's God's will for you to be healed and become an agent of healing. God wants you to be filled with happiness and joy. Jesus said in John 15, that my joy might be in you, that it might become to the full and that your joy might be full and running over. It's God's will for you to be running over with joy, the oil of joy. And then number six, you got to have the crown of honor on your brow to reign as a king in life by Jesus Christ. You got to have that crown of honor. And that's what we are going to explore, indulge in, receive as we go through the book of Proverbs. So right now, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Pam, let's just invite the Holy Spirit to breathe this opening word into our heart that we might be good ground and receive the incorruptible seed of God's word. Yes,
1: Father God, I thank you that we give you our mind, will, and emotions. We submit to you our mind, will, and emotions and our body. And we bind our mind, will, and emotions to the working and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We bind our mind, will, and emotions and our body to to submit to and to crave and to aggressively go after your wisdom, your understanding, your life. I thank you, Lord, that through this book of Proverbs, every single person that listens to it and all the other thousands of people that will be affected by each person that actually does listen and apply it. I thank you that your wisdom, your faith, your instruction, your healing, your happiness and joy and your honor will be seen as a glorious light all around. Around us, destroying the darkness, and that you will lift us to a new place. Father, I'm thinking of Psalms 119, 130 that says, It's the entrance and unfolding of your word that brings light. So many of us need light. All of us need your light to expose areas of our life that needs to be transformed and redeemed. And so we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. So be it.
0: Amen. All right. This is exciting. Proverbs 1. And what we'll do is Pam and I will just read back and forth. Please, as you're listening, you can open up your Bible or if you're driving in a car or walking down the street, you just see those words coming up in your heart. And I know that it's going to bless you just like it's going to bless our hearts too.
1: You know, get up early in the morning with your family, take a chapter each morning or each night or whenever you can grab that time and make it a family time.
0: Or like it says in Joshua 1.8, you know, in the morning and at night, he said, if you will be careful to listen to this word in the morning and at night, the word of God, the laws of God, he says that you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You know, as you're listening to the book of Proverbs with us going through all 31 chapters, you can be encouraged to know this, that as you're meditating on God's word, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. That's That's what the word promises us. (laughs) Yeah. So Proverbs 1 begins like this, Proverbs 1, verse 1. The Proverbs truths obscurely express maxims and parables of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel.
1: That people may know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction to discern and comprehend the words of understanding and insight. I just want to stop here. It was very interesting that I was reading Plato over the doors of his school. He had a big sign and said basically, no one can enter here that's not learned you know, of a certain degree. On the other hand, the wisdom of God is always open to whoever would posture themselves to want wisdom. Yeah. And um, I think that's the difference between the heart of the Father and the heart of the world.
0: We're going to read through the book of Proverbs that wisdom is a person. It's the person of God. And wisdom is always calling to those who lack her, who lack the spirit of wisdom, saying, come on, come eat and drink. So verse 3, Proverbs 1, receive instruction in wise dealings and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness, righteousness, justice, and integrity. Saying receive, it's wisdom talking, we know that, and wisdom says receive instruction in wise dealings. So, you know, that's going to require humility to receive that. Mm
1: -hmm. Verse 4, that prudence may be given to the simple, and knowledge, discretion, and discernment To the youth. You know, I think that's important. Prudence. I never really understood what that word meant until uh, we were looking at it, and you were telling me unfolding the true meaning means having foresight for the future. And so many times now when I'm making decisions, when I'm going shopping, when I'm having to make a decision in a certain situation, I stop, I take a deep breath and I say, Lord, I thank you that you're giving me foresight for the future, that I'm going to make this decision based on what you want me to do in your principles with discretion and discernment, having foresight for the future.
0: And it just goes to show you how much wisdom is really speaking to the youth A lot of times we think that, well, wisdom, that's for older people. I remember talking to a young man who was dying of a disease and who had gone through so much and was suffering so deeply. And I remember sitting in his room with him and he had tubes coming out of him and I was reading the word to him and I was reading actually the book of Proverbs to him. And as we were reading, he stopped me and he said, Stephen, he said, that's been my problem my whole life. He said, I've hated wisdom. In fact, he said, if I thought somebody was going to be speaking on wisdom or talk about wisdom or give some wisdom, I intentionally, purposefully tried to get out of the room because he said, I just, I didn't want to hear it. I hated wisdom. And now I realize, he said, sitting here sick, he said, what I need is I need wisdom. Yeah. And he says, I realize I need wisdom to really heal my body and not just heal my body, but heal my mind and heart. It's so cool that talking about prudence, what you said, foresight for the future, it says... To be given to the simple and knowledge, discretion, and discernment to the youth. God wants to protect the youth, and wisdom is a big part of that.
1: I think discernment, too, is a word that's not really understood. You know, we we talk a lot about being prophetic. We talk about having word of knowledge. We talk about a lot of different things, but discernment is to discern a situation to take a deep breath. And what is your spirit? What is God downloading to your spirit about this situation, about this decision, about this person? There's a certain thing that's deep down in your spirit. Spirit to spirit is talking and that discernment will lead you.
0: There's a Bible verse that says there's a way that seems right unto man, but it leads to death discernment helps you distinguish between what looks good but isn't good and what really is. You know, like the Bible says in Genesis that the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it looked good to Adam and Eve. To Eve, it looked like something good to eat. But if she was discerning, she would have understood that God had forbidden them to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 5, the wise also will hear and increase in learning. And the person of understanding will acquire skill mm. and attain to sound counsel so that he may be able to steer his course rightly. Now, you know, when I read that, Pam, for me, I see a process. The wise also will hear and increase in learning. Mm. It just doesn't say the wise will hear and then suddenly you will be this learned person. It says they will increase in learning and the person of understanding will acquire skill and and the tank. you know, I, I play guitar. I have a little bit of skill playing guitar, but it didn't just happen.
1: Honey, you have I, a lot of skill. Oh, you're that. too
0: kind. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But, you know, I had to acquire it. How do I acquire it? I traded time and discipline to acquire skill on that instrument and to attain to. And the word says this is how you get sound counsel. You have to trade something for it. You have to acquire it. You know, when you acquire, you go out and acquire a car, you trade usually money for a vehicle or for a pair of blue jeans. But, you know, in this case, you have to acquire skill and attain to sound mm-hmm. counsel So that he may be able to steer His course rightly
1: Wow, it sounds looks like a boat Sounds like a boat really, doesn't it? That This is what steers rightly You won't go into the rocks But you'll steer rightly Into the waters Where there's no obstructions And you can go freely To your destination Well, you
0: know, it's interesting When you're saying that It makes me think of the book of James And James talks about your tongue Being like a bit in the horse's mouth Or being like a rudder on a ship And that it's a small memory steers such a large vessel. And you know, when he's talking about this acquiring skill and attaining to sound counsel, when you do that, you learn to speak right. You learn to ask right questions. You learn to show respect with your words. You learn to come before royalty and show honor
1: the right tone and the right words in the right time. Number six, that people may understand a proverb and a figure of speech or an enigma with its interpretation and the words of the wise in their dark sayings or riddles. Why does it say their dark sayings and riddles?
0: Well, I think, you know, when it's talking about a proverb, the word talks about how that we're going to be hitting it later in the proverbs, but it says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search it out. Mm, okay. God, God has intentionally hidden the gold and the silver in your life for you. But, you know, there's a word called overburden, which is the ore and the, the dirt that's over top of your gold. And a lot of times people in life, they want the gold, mm. but they don't understand the principle that... It's in the overburden. It's in the ore, And there has to be a process of removal, of discovering what's in the dark and bringing it out into the open. And that's the way wisdom is. We're going to find out wisdom. We're supposed to pursue it, go past it, get rid of the overburden. Verse 7, The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction and discipline, which I have to give it to that young man. He was really bearing his heart honestly and saying, that was me. I was that foolish young man that despised wisdom. But, you know, look at it really gives us a picture of wisdom at its essence, at its very core is The very reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. Now, when it says the fear of the Lord, God is not pro-fear. God is pro-faith and anti-fear. Fear Fear is the language of the enemy. But that Hebrew word fear basically means, it's translated, the hand you see. Mm -hmm. So to fear the Lord is to recognize his hand above all other hands. So if you see the hand of the enemy coming at you, you're probably imagining you know, a sword, a spear, a gun, a knife coming at you. When you see the hand of the Lord coming toward you, it's a hand of provision.
1: Yeah. It's a hand of saving, (laughs) a hand
0: of helping, Mm -hmm. a hand of protecting, covering. Isn't that good? It's so good. It's so exciting. So when you read that now, the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord, the reverent and worshipful hand you see of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and the choice part of knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's the starting point and it's the essence. Because the thing is, when you have this posture where you're constantly seeing the hand of God in every situation Mm -hmm. and looking for the hand of God, that is the beginning of wisdom. So what he's saying is the beginning of wisdom and understanding and knowledge is to constantly be looking for Jehovah Jireh, right. God the provider, God our peace, God our great salvation, our strong shield. You're yes. always looking for the hand of God in every situation.
1: And you know, it reminds me of what it doesn't say. It's, it doesn't say that the reverent and worshipful awe of the Lord is the beginning of an experience. There is a process here. We all want to get to the knowing, that the obtaining of something, to an experience. We love experiences. Yeah. The experience doesn't come first. It's, as a starting point is getting wisdom. And sometimes that's not as glamorous. I find that in our culture, it's very easy to just go after the next experience, the next feeling, the next big thing. But where is the pursuit of wisdom first and the reverential awe of the Lord? That's the beginning that will actually make the experiences of the wonderfulness of the Lord real and lasting and it will actually produce something that will actually transform your life and all the people you love around you.
0: Well, we're talking about, you know, like in seven, it says, but fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction. I was talking about playing guitar and I needed instruction to play guitar. You know, I find the culture right now is almost like, let's just bypass learning to play guitar and play guitar heroes. And there's kids that will spend more time practicing <laughs> yeah. or playing or investing in guitar hero. And I'm not against it, but, but I'm just saying. for you that don't But know. at the it's end of it, games. they still can't play guitar.
1: No, they can't play for like. But- For
0: all the time that you've invested, why not get some instruction and some discipline and some wisdom on guitar playing? Then you could be by the campfire without there being any electricity, and you'd be able to play guitar.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Number eight, eight, Verse 8. My son and daughter, hear the instruction of your father. Reject not nor forsake the teaching of your mother.
0: Kind of goes back to the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. And I feel like, Pam, in this case, I just want to interject this. My son, hear the instruction of your father. You know, my dad was a heroin addict. He was a very hurt and troubled man who tended to hurt a lot of people and bring a lot of trouble everywhere he went. So somebody might say, well, Stephen, you know, like, that's like me. I mean, my parents were abusive Mm -hmm. or whatever. But God is amazing. Psalm 68 5 says that God will be a father to the fatherless. And a husband to the widow. You know, you can't focus on what you don't have. Again, look to the hand of God. Right. We're talking about the fear of God being the beginning of wisdom. God will provide for you where there are huge vacancies in your life. And God did that in my life. My mom would always encourage me to go to God the Father and read the book of Proverbs. And that's why I've started writing that book, 31 Ways to Your Best Days. And it's all based on little snippets out of the book of Proverbs, which I just want to encourage you for those who are listening. You've got to get this book. It's so good. It would be such a blessing in your life. There's even cartoons in it. and Your children will love it. Your husband will love it. Your wife will love it. A little plug there for that book. Coming back to my son, hear the instruction of your father. I learned that a spiritual father has way more impact in your life than even your biological father. Because Jesus okay. came to save me from my biology. Jesus came to shed his blood so that I might have a blood transfer and have the very DNA of God Almighty. That's what 1 Peter talks about, right, is having a DNA transfer, the very seed of God through the blood of Jesus. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you, no matter what you don't have, God will make up the difference a million times greater. And he's able to turn the curse into a blessing for you. So what Pam just read in verse 8, my son, hear the instruction of your father and reject not nor forsake the teaching of your mother. If that isn't biblically based, trust me, God wants to give you far and above that through a spiritual father, a spiritual mother, through spiritual brothers um, and sisters and spiritual family. God's got you covered. Verse 9, For they are a victor's chaplet, garland, of grace upon your head, and chains and pendants of gold worn by kings, For your neck, so Mm, I feel like when I read that, it's saying that the instruction and the wisdom that God will give you through spiritual mentors and teachers will end up actually being a victor's garland of grace upon your head. So that means people will be able to see it. it, like it'll manifest. That's the word I was looking for. That wisdom will manifest so much in your life; people will see it on you. You know, what's amazing for me is that I've been with great people, and they've been able to see. God's blessing in my life. I remember when we were with Dr. Schuler years ago in Southern California, and this was like maybe five or six years just before he passed away, you introduced me as your fiancé, which, by the way, thank you for marrying me. And, <laughs> and Dr. Schuler, right away he saw me, came up, and he began just to speak prophetically into my life and said all these wonderful things over me. But he said he could see something on me. Yes. And I know it was... He said, a
1: king among among men.
0: And I know what he was seeing was basically just because I had pursued the word of God. I was pursuing wisdom and he was seeing how God was marking me.
1: I think when you look all the way through here so far, what we've been reading, there's always a posturing. When we humble ourselves. when we say we need wisdom, no matter where we are in life, we need more wisdom. There's always answers that come out of more wisdom and I think whenever we continually, no matter how God has taken us from this glory to this glory to another higher glory, even a new sphere of influence in the world, we always need more wisdom from the Father God by the Holy Spirit. And I think the posturing the world will see is when we humble ourselves before Him and say, I receive from the Lord. And everything that you're feeling and seeing right now, this is from the Lord. I remember when uh, some of my songs were on the, the radio, the pop charts in South Africa. So I went over there and I got to meet a lot of just regular pop DJs. And they weren't in the Christian world, they were just pop DJs. They had had probably all these major pop stars come over and do these things and here's this little girl pam but they were in awe it wasn't it really i knew it wasn't in awe of my talent they felt that hand of god on me and they didn't know what it was yeah and it was that i humble myself before you father that you will exalt me and, and set me with kings and princes. And I think this is the posture always to humble yourself and say, God. And that's what really what you're doing by listening even to this podcast on Proverbs. You posture yourself, say, Lord, I humble myself. I thank you that you're going to give me
0: wisdom. In the world, a lot of times they try to put things around their neck like it talks about gold chains and pendants, you know, in the pop music world, they're always trying to dress themselves up. And yeah. I, you know, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, if that's your thing, if that's your jam, put all the gold you want around your neck. Right. But it doesn't replace the victor's mm. garland of grace upon your head and the chains and pendants for your neck that come from God. When God marks you, I mean, just like when Pharaoh saw Joseph coming up out of prison, he didn't have any jewelry on him. He was coming straight out of prison. They cleaned him up, put a nice robe on him. But I mean, he was coming in there pretty raw from his prison situation. But Pharaoh could see something on him. There was, you know, he said, like even later after he interpreted the dream, he said, wow, like who else is marked with wisdom like you are? And then Pharaoh, I feel like he reciprocated and he put the jewelry on Joseph.
1: Gave him his own ring. Gave him an
0: outward adorning that mm -hmm. to him matched what was already in his heart. And around his spiritual neck, verse 10, Pam.
1: My son and daughter of sinners, entice you. Don't consent. Do not consent. Here's a good idea. If somebody's <laughs> telling you, Hey, let's go to this
0: really <laughs> risque movie. Don't consent. Mm, don't do it. You know, if somebody's telling you, let's go to the wrong side of town and mm, don't do it just out of curiosity to see this or that, mm, don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if somebody's saying, hey, you know, like here's something on this website, you know, it's not really bad, but it's not really good right away, step mm, off, it. Yeah. back out, yeah. leave the room. You know, it's such a, a curiosity killed the cat. I think so many people have got bound by pornography, bound by drugs, bound by even just things like nicotine addiction. Just just because of curiosity and because somebody with a a lesser influence has said, hey, you know, let's try that. My son, if sinners entice you, let's skip church today and let's skip this today and let's skip the good stuff. Let's skip out of school, whatever, and let's just go do this. Let's kind of cheat on the boss. I know we're here to work. Nobody knows. Let's just come over here and do this. What the boss doesn't know won't hurt him, but it's going to hurt you. Verse 11, if they say, talking about these sinners... If they say, come with us and let us lie in wait to shed blood, let us ambush the innocent without cause and show that his piety is in vain.
1: Verse 12, let us swallow them up alive as does shoal the place of the dead and whole and and those who go down into the pit of the dead. And these are quite the friends, aren't they? Yeah. Verse 13, (laughs) we shall
0: find and take all kinds of precious goods. When
1: our victims
0: are put out of the way, we shall fill our houses with plunder. Talking about making a profit off of the innocent and off of people.
1: Number 14, throw in your lot with us, they insist, and be a sworn brother and comrade. Let us all have one person common.
0: Yeah, talking (laughs) about that, I love the word loyalty. It's an amazing word. But there is a very dark loyalty. They said right here, what you just read in verse 14, throw in your lot with us and be a sworn brother. They're saying, be loyal. There are gangs, violent gangs, that they're loyal to each other. And to them, that's a good thing. That's family to them. That's somehow virtuous or noble, to be loyal to one another, to not rat on each other to authorities and to police. And It actually is a devilish, demonic loyalty that spawned from an evil place. There was a lot of people loyal to Hitler. You can have a loyalty that is completely against wisdom and against God.
1: Well, I love one of your sermons and one of your teaching loyal to the crown. And I think when we're loyal to God's way of thinking and doing things, therefore our loyalty will be true godly loyalty. You know, when we don't talk in back of someone's back, we cover them. We make them look good when no one's around. We stand up, we don't scrunch our face or talk derogatory. That's loyalty, but you're talking about this loyalty like in the gangs. Okay, they'll kill somebody or hurt somebody because somebody else in the gang wants it. That's a false loyalty and it's not good.
0: There's an expression they talk about loyalty among thieves that's not a virtue no. that's that's not a godly thing it's and it's not in alignment with wisdom and you've actually positioned and postured yourself against god verse 15 my son my daughter do not walk in the way with these people restrain your foot from their path because you know what? i'm going to be honest with you i think off the top for a lot of people they're like oh i would never do that But then I think it's a progressive path downward from one relationship to another relationship. And suddenly you get in this web of dark loyalty that pulls you down and down. And the next thing you know, you find yourself doing things that you would have never done even a year or two ago.
1: Where are you walking? Where are you going? Uh, Sixteen, for their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood.
0: Verse 17, for in vain is the net spread. In the sight of any bird.
1: 18, but when these men set a trap for others, they are lying in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives.
0: Verse 17, what it's talking about, it's the law of reciprocity. When they sow bad seeds, when they set a trap for somebody else, when they're performing evil against people that God calls innocent, when people are, even in government, lobbying and trying to take away the life of the innocent, trying to take away the rights of those who are helpless and can't fend for themselves, when they do that, people come up with all kinds of justification. But when you do that, when you fight against a baby's life or when you fight against an elderly person's life who's unable to take care of themselves... You try to, in a way, because of one reason or another, set a trap for them. You don't realize it, but you're setting a trap for your own humanity.
1: Nineteen. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy of gain. Such greed for plunder takes away the lives of its possessors. I think it's so interesting. You always have a statement. You say, don't let money rule you. We rule money. I remember one time when we first got married, we laid everything out on the table, and it was our ministry checkbook, our credit cards, our bank accounts, and we laid it out the table, and you said, honey, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me, let's lay hands on this. And you, you spoke to it, and you said, no longer will you speak to us. But we speak to you. We we tell you where to go under the direction of the Holy Spirit. You don't tell us. And it's so funny how, you know, you do go to the store, you go somewhere and your money always wants to talk to you. It wants to tell you where it wants to go. And I think it's time that we say, no, 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 I rule you. And I think in this statement, you know, when the Lord wants to bless us in all areas of our life, but if we don't rule money, money will rule us and it will cause us to do the most horrific things. To people and others out of a drive to have to have it in a a lustful way as opposed to just, you know, no, 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 the Lord has blessed me, so I will tell you what to do under the anointing of the Lord and it will be a blessing to people. It's not about
0: making money. It's about loving God and loving people. That's really what it comes down to. And going along with what you're saying here, verse 20 is so cool. I'm just talking about when we were praying about our finances and credit cards. Verse 20 says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the market or in the marketplace. Well, what's she saying? See, there's Visa and America Express are talking, and so is wisdom. (laughs) Wisdom is saying be prudent. Have foresight for the future. (laughs) Yeah. American Express is saying, you've still got this much before you hit your limit. You should get that. That'll feel good to get that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time you were out, and I remember you were out ministering and speaking, and I stayed home. And I remember that right before you left on the plane, you be prudent, I know you will. And I was so, which means having foresight for the future. And it was so weird for those couple days, everywhere I went, everything I bought, it wasn't a condemnation thing, but I started thinking different. It's like I got this hat and it had prudence on it, and I just kept wearing it. And it was really interesting because every decision I would make, i would say is this what i need is this good for the future well is this a goodbye is or not a goodbye and i think wisdom was crying out to me and i was listening
0: well you know for me too wisdom cries aloud it's saying wisdom's voice is there to hear if you're listening
1: right if you're listening 21 says she cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places and at the entrance of the city gates Wisdom speaks.
0: So, you know, for me, when I hear that, it's saying, Stephen, wisdom is speaking at the entrance of the business decision. Mm, Wisdom is speaking at the beginning of the contract before you sign it. Listen, Stephen, wisdom is speaking before you get into this association, before you make this move, before you buy this small thing or this big thing. Wisdom is speaking at the beginning. You know, a lot of times people want to make a decision, Pam. They want to get into a marriage and then they want to ask God for help. Oh God, I'm in this marriage. Like this doesn't seem to be, right. seems to be rough. I'm not sure. I, I think I need some wisdom now. And it's like wisdom is speaking at the entrance of the city. A lot of times people want to get into a relationship, into a decision, into a career. They want to load up on their course load at school, choose a path, get two years into it and go, you know what? I need to talk to somebody about some wisdom. And that's great. It's never too late to get wisdom, get wisdom. If you got breath in you to pursue wisdom, pursue wisdom. It's saying right here, pursue it at the entrance of the city. Yeah. At the beginning of the gate, mm. wisdom is speaking. That's the time to get wisdom at the beginning. All right, verse 22. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing, and self-confident fools hate knowledge. When I was a boy, one of the first verses that my mom had me learn was um, actually the chapter of Psalm 1. And Psalm 1, it's interesting, it opens with this, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Notice it's blessed is that person, and then three associations that they stay away from. Blessed is the person Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, Mm -hmm. nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits. And look at the progression. You go from walking to standing to sitting in the seat of the scornful. That always impacted me. There are blessings for disassociation. Yeah. So like here we have wisdom crying out. We know that she's crying out at the marketplace, at the city gates. And she says, how long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? You and I have learned life doesn't tolerate a vacuum. If you don't put the good stuff in your heart, if you don't put grass out on your lawn, intentionally get yeah, sawed and sow good seed, guess what? You're going to somehow, without doing a thing, without touching it, without watering it, anything, you're going to have a nice harvest of weeds out back unless you intentionally sow good seed. So it says right here, how long will you simple ones open to evil? How long, you simple ones, open evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing and self-confident fools hate knowledge. Knowledge, not just any knowledge. Knowledge of what? Good knowledge. The knowledge of God the knowing of how to live successful, right, the knowing the right people.
1: I think we're a society that in general just wants to get something. The knowledge is knowing something, so it's obtaining something. I really always have pondered the scripture that says sense And reason without the Holy Spirit is death. In other words, it's not profitable at all. Right. So sense and reason and intelligence and is great, but without the direction of wisdom and the Holy Spirit, God's way of thinking and doing things, it will accomplish nothing. It's just foolishness. So let's see, I'm on 23, right? Yeah. If you will turn, repent and give heed to my reproof, behold... I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit upon you and I will make my words known to you. Boy, that's a beautiful verse.
0: You know, that word repent means to change your mind, to change your thinking. Turn 180 degrees and change your thinking. Burn the house down. I think it's the Hebrew meaning that actually means to burn the house down behind you, which was kind of a war term, but meant no chance of going back to where you lived. So if you will return, repent, change your thinking, and give heed to my reproof. 24, because I have called and you have refused to answer... I have stretched out my hand, and no man has heeded it.
1: 25. And you treated as nothing all my counsel, and you wouldn't accept any of my reproof.
0: I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when the thing comes that shall cause you terror and panic. Now, I just want to stop here for a sec. This is not God laughing at your calamity. This is a law of wisdom. It's like the law of gravity. You know, the law of gravity is such a beautiful thing. You get such a predictable outcome all the time. You get out of bed in the morning and you put your feet and guess what? Your feet go down on the ground and thank God you can walk over the bathroom and brush your teeth. You get all these wonderful predictable outcomes. Like imagine trying to have a run around the park and not having gravity. I mean you wouldn't be getting anywhere but just going up, up, you wouldn't be able to run around the park. There'd be so many problems And you couldn't even go bowling, right? Right. The the balls would all be stuck to the ceiling. (laughs) Right. So, But when you sin against the law of gravity, when you are foolish about the law of gravity and you taunt and don't listen to the warnings of the law of gravity, you jump off a cliff. It's a sad thing. Nobody wants to see you die. It's a terrible thing. But what gravity seems to do to you is violent. The outcome is awful. And so in this case, when you mock wisdom, when you tell wisdom to get lost, and when you refuse the laws and the blessing of wisdom, right? There's a blessing to driving on the road. It's smooth. It's taken care of. But when you basically say, you know what? I want nothing to do with this road. I've been on this road long enough. This is crazy. (laughs) I just want to enjoy some of... Being off of the road, and you take your car at 80 miles an hour, and you drive off the road, you know, there's a good chance that it's going to be really violently ugly, right? right? Cars is going to flip. It's going to be... People are going to be, what happened to that guy? He was doing so well he's driving down the road then suddenly he just telling the police officer right he just went off the road right. what, what happened you sinned against the road mm, you good. you disrespected the road the highway you just you just drove off into the corn pasture and i mean flipped your car and you endangered your life the picture we get it says i also will laugh at your calamity the road's going are you
1: insane? Yeah. You should stay on my back. Right. Let me take you all the way to your destination. As 27 says, when your panic comes as a storm and desolation, and your calamity comes on as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you,
0: then will they call upon me, says wisdom, but I will not answer. They will seek me early and diligently, but they will not find me. I feel like I've talked to so many people that are on the other side of the consequences yes. you're standing on the side of the road and a bus is coming down the road and they walked out in front of the bus and then afterwards it's like oh I shouldn't have does God love you? Of course. Does God forgive you? Of course. Does God want to heal you? Yes, he wants to heal you. But it doesn't change the fact that you're in a hospital room and you've experienced the consequences of that bus running into you and the damage that it's done. And I feel like when you ignore the wisdom of right now in this moment and you step out in front of the bus, will you be able to get things back together with wisdom in the future? Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact that... The consequences. They've already done their damage. They've mocked you. They've already slapped you upside of your head.
1: Right. 29 says, because they hated knowledge and they did not choose the reverential and worshipful fear or awe of the Lord.
0: So, as we know, they didn't choose the hand of God. His way
1: of thinking. Yeah, they didn't choose that way.
0: God's hands reaching out to save them, wanting to pull them out of the deep. And they basically batted God's hand away. Right. Wisdom says, they would accept none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof.
1: 31, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. Ham, I've done that. Like oh, you know I I, there's been
0: times in my life so I've I've ignored the voice of wisdom <laughs> right.
1: oh. and and
0: I can tell you firsthand there are consequences whenever I intentionally go off the path of wisdom it's rough the ditches are rough on either side it's painful but you know what? Repent. Change your mind. Like, Don't blame wisdom. Understand that wisdom is the way, the way of God, the path of God. For the backsliding of the simple shall slay them, and the careless ease of the self-confident fools shall destroy them.
1: 33. But whoso hearkens to me, wisdom, shall dwell securely and in confident trust, and shall be quiet without fear Or dread of evil. Oh. Yay for us. I love it. Yes. I love it. Well, let's say that again. You say that again.
0: But whoso hearkens to me, wisdom says, shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Right. But shall be quiet in confident trust without fear, without dread of evil beautiful isn't that beautiful the way we end a chapter of reading the word is we take this word and then we pray the word we want to pray for you who are listening whether you're driving down the road maybe sitting with your bible reading along with us or out for a run we just want to speak the word of god over your life right now so we're going to just according to what we've already read in proverbs 1 join your hearts with us and let's pray in the name of jesus heavenly father Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for this word. Knowing that your word doesn't return void. It accomplishes what you've sent it to do. And Father, we receive instruction right now in wise dealings. There's some people right now facing decisions, Lord, business decisions, maybe job opportunities, maybe a contract. Do they sign it? Do they not sign it? Maybe a business partnership. Father, I thank you that right now we call on you and we receive instruction in wise dealings and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness your righteousness, your justice, and your integrity. And Father, that prudence, as Pam talked about, that foresight for the future, that Lord God, it converts our path and puts us on the right smooth path of wisdom. So Father, we choose to hear the voice of wisdom right now. Just say that out loud. I choose to hear the voice of wisdom and obey. Lord, we are obedient to the voice of wisdom with the help of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you that we will say no to wrong relationships and to those that would want us to lie in wait to shed blood, those who would want us to ambush the innocent at any level. We, we're saying no to those relationships, to those who are who have bought into scornful posturing toward humanity. Father, but we are going to listen to wisdom's cries. And she's pr- um, right now crying in the marketplace and at every crossroad in our life. And we accept The the majestic wisdom of God, the powerful wisdom of God. And Father God, we know that as it says here in this last verse, as we listen to wisdom, we dwell securely. Say, I dwell securely. I dwell securely. And I have confident trust.
1: And I have confident trust. And
0: I shall be quiet.
1: And I shall have a quiet spirit
0: without any fear
1: without any fear
0: or any dread of evil
1: or any dread of evil and lord i also thank you that when we do that you'll pour out your spirit upon us and you'll make your words known to us
0: God's got your back, my friend. We're praying for you, standing with you in faith and believing. And please let us know as you've been praying those prayers and even just in Proverbs 1 here as the Holy Spirit's been downloading wisdom into all of our hearts. Get in touch with us through our website, StephenAndPam.com. Get in touch with us. And I believe that God is transforming your life even now as we meditate on the Word of God. God bless you.
1: And remember, you were born Born to to win. Thanks for listening to Stephen and Pam Marshall. To receive more information or more teaching, go to www.stephenandpam.com. Stephen and Pam Ministries is a 501c3 charitable organization and your gift helps us to take this message to 1,000 communities worldwide.